Hello and welcome to the Men of God podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the first of the ordinances out of the two ordinances in our Baptist Distinctive Series, which is baptism. And with that, we're also going to be talking about... What are we going to be talking about again, Jonathan? A completely different distinctive to throw all y'all off. It's saved church membership. Which is the letter S in Baptist. The second S. Oh, actually, I think the first first S. S. Yeah, that's a... Whichever S it is. I think it's the first S. Is it the first? Anyways. So, would you like to give us an introduction to what baptism is, Gerber? Well, baptism. I always believed... You put me on the spot here, man. (laughs) I know I am. (laughs) (laughs) I always believed that baptism was... You take the person, and they're, it's a public profession of faith. And you, know, you, you say, I am a believer in Christ, and this is why I'm a believer in Christ. And then the minister, the reverend, the minister, whoever is doing it, most likely your pastor, will say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then dunk you and pull you back up. And you hear... And then... Amen! Thunderous applause for those really fun churches. And then you get a hearty amen for those good old fundamental Baptist churches. And you got the Southerners down (laughs) south going, Hallelujah! Yeah. In the back. You're in the back row. Amen. Back row Baptist. Amen. So, we believe in full immersion baptism. Mm -hmm. Person must go all the way under. Um, I know Pentecostal churches baptize in the name of Jesus only. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as Matthew 28 says. Are you there? Matthew you... twenty-eight nineteen says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. So, that's, uh, that's where we get the, where we get baptism, and we don't believe in baptismal regeneration like other denominations mm-hmm. do. Church of Christ, I know, is one of them. I've been reading about that a little bit. Um, baptismal regeneration is where you must be. Baptism itself isn't saving. The work of Jesus Christ on the cross is. But you must be baptized to be saved. So it's not saving, but it's necessary for salvation. Which um, would almost go along the lines of... Um, <clears throat> With the Judaizers, uh, similar to what the Judaizers preached, where it was a work, you had to go back to the law and fulfill the Jewish law in order to be saved, which we know is false. Um, Paul writes that in Galatians, you know. So, um, the other point we need to define is saved church membership, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. I don't have the book. Um, here it is. Found it. <laughs> that took a little bit. So, this is out of the book Biblical Basis for Baptists, revised and expanded by Dr. L. Dwayne Brown and Dr. Daniel R. Brown. And it says, 
By this is meant that the membership of a New Testament local church consists of only those who have openly confessed Jesus Christ as Savior and demonstrated a willingness to obey the teachings of the Bible and agree to the doctrine and the standards of the local church. So that's what safe church membership is. The reason we wanted to put these two together is because we view each of these as requirements. In any Baptist church that I've ever been a part of, and I don't know about you guys, but baptism is also a requirement for safe, for the membership, and the profession mentioned in that definition is generally considered baptism. Mm -hmm. Well, I my old church... Um, if we got a older member from another church that they left that church and they came here um, they weren't required to be baptized because they were previously baptized in the other church well well, you so know you're only, only ever baptized once well, I'm we sorry, only mean you you're baptized it, you once it sound like I did, I did make required. it it's not required for that church it's required that you have been baptized in the past okay, and it's okay. one time baptized I'm, I'm very sorry I should have mentioned that thank you Well, now we're just going to jump into, we decided that we were going to cover the second ordinance. We were just going to cover one of them in this episode, but it actually went by a lot faster than we thought. So, the second ordinance, Jonathan's going to introduce for us. So, we were talking about it, and different churches call it different things. Some call it the Last Supper, the Lord's Table, the Lord's Supper. Uh, we, like... Uh, we're, we'd like to call it communion for the podcast, um, just because that's the basic term. Um, you know, uh, there's some ter terminology that we wouldn't quite go for. Eucharist, because that implies transubstanti transubstantiation, which is the body and the, the bread literally turns into the body of Christ. The blood literally turns into the blood of Christ, or the wine, pardon me, literally turns into the blood of Christ. And that's just not what we believe. We we're, we believe in the symbolism behind it uh, just because of the way it's presented. But before we go into that, um, tonight we'd like to read down 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So if you want to turn there now while we give um, definition and anything like that, if we need to, um, that'd be great. Um, actually, you know what? For the definition, let's just read First Corinthians chapter eleven. I think that would work. Um, it would be from verse twenty. Uh, when ye come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's supper. For in eating, everyone taketh. Uh, I'm sorry. That is actually talking about a different issue that the the church in Corinth was experiencing. Verse twenty three is the verse we need to be at. I'm sorry. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And, we had, and when he had given thanks, he brake it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, he, saying, this, is the cup, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. So, generally when communion is done in Baptist church, 
uh, they they read the first verse. Mm-hmm. They read the second verse. This do in remembrance of me. You eat the the bread. We use small cardboard wafers, basically. Correct. <laughs> and then um, then he says that after the same manner he took the cup when he eats up, saying, "This is the cup. Uh, this is the New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me." Mm-hmm. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's remember our Lord's death. And mm-hmm. then you drink the... Yeah. We use grape juice uh, because we're, we're Baptists. Yeah. We don't we don't drink. Um, we're Baptists were a large part of the temperance movement in the United States during the 20s, during Prohibition. And so um, with this, we wanted to talk about our view... Because I, I think I have a differing view from the other guys on this. Um, alcohol versus grape juice, wine versus grape juice. So, Caleb, if you'd like to... Well, in our church, and I hope I can get this right, um, when we, before COVID and all that hit, and we started doing it again, uh, we passed out. Our, we had our communion plates mm-hmm. with the two little cups, the one with the bread, one with the That's what my uh, church juice. has done for a couple of years, yeah. just to cut time on communion because we go to a large church. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so we pass it out. And so in our order of communion, our pastor um, explains what communion is mm-hmm. um, and then reads verse 24 of the bread and he gives the congregation time to pray mm-hmm. music is playing in the back like piano music very is lightly. playing in the background very lightly as it's being passed around as just a time of prayer and then a time of silence I should say a silent prayer like praying like you individual individually individual and then he prays and then after that he um reads the verse again so take eat this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me and then we drink or in there we eat deep. and then in the same way we do the cup as well mm-hmm. so and then that that comes from the next couple of verses uh wherefore whoever shall eat the, this bread and drink this cup of the lord unworthy and sh- shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the lord but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the of that bread and drink of that cup, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So, it's a private time of confession before mm-hmm. the Lord, and and um, so, but our our church uses grape juice. Your church uses grape juice. I had a question. I was talking with someone, and they said, "What if?" I have I have this sister, and she's a missionary to a European country, and the, and the church that she was connected with because of other missionaries there that she went to, they they took a goblet and they passed her around, mm. and it was wine, not grape juice. And so <clears throat> he said, this this guy is completely he's a teetotalist, so he's against all alcoholic all, all consumption of alcohol with a couple exceptions of like mouthwash and NyQuil type things where it's impossible to get drunk off. Yeah. But he um you know we're talking he said so they what they would do is they would put the 
put the cup to their mouth and tip it up but not drink and then pass it so it looked like they were. So he said, Jonathan, do you see anything wrong with that? I said, well, they're not taking communion, but they're saying they are. Well, I actually, first I said, well, they're not taking communion. He goes, right. He said, anything else? And after a minute he, we were kept talking, he's, you know, they're also being deceptive because they're mm-hmm. acting like they are taking communion. Mm-hmm. Now, their opinion is they can't, shouldn't take it because it's alcohol. And I can understand that. But based on our view of the local church, what they choose to do, as long as it's biblical, mm-hmm. which I feel wine used in communion is, then we should take part in that because that is the church. Okay. But when it comes to that, there was a few things that you just said now that got me a little bit. The first part is when you uh, gave the two reasons. Mm-hmm. Why it was wrong what they were doing? Well, it's okay. Oh, why why it was wrong what they were doing with the tipping and making it look like? Um, you said the first one is that they weren't taking communion. Then the mm-hmm. second time, the second thing was that they were being deceptive. I agree with the first one. I agree with the second one. First one, um, there are reasons um, why someone shouldn't take communion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have sinned against somebody, if you have sinned against... Well, them, that wasn't the reasoning, though. The well, reasoning I, was that I, there They was were being alcohol. deceptive, but I was trying to say that the first part, the, the first reason didn't need to be said. Or the first reason needed to be explained a little bit okay. more. Um, and then the second thing was um, the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say... Now, is this person an actual member of this church? So they are... Technically connected, they are technically connected to this church by admissions, and they are in a body of believers that is a church, and they are. But the church that they were taking communion at, they weren't. Were they I don't. Not, I don't know if they. I don't think they because, were technically members. Okay, because you do not need to. Or, yeah, you do not need to take communion at another church because you are not. Mem- you should only be taking communion if you are a member. No, well, no, that, well that's no. closed. That's closed communion. At that's true. Baptist. I mean, I've ba- I've heard this okay. close communion yeah. where it's like-minded church, and because we are members, yeah. we should still take communion. Right. But I, uh, I'm saying it from the alcohol perspective, like the wine mm-hmm. thing. I have aunts and uncles who are. I'm not saying Catholic, and so when we went to the church, I'm not yeah. saying rejecting. I'm saying that because they're rejecting it for the reason it's alcohol yeah. and the reason that they are being deceptive. I'm saying the main yeah. reason is they're being deceptive. Being deceptive. I was saying that... They shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have even tried to fake it, is what I'm right. saying. If they, they wanted sh- to if pass, they didn't want they to, could they should have just passed it. But I think we're commanded to, when it's reasonable, yeah. when we're in the presence of other believers and we are taking communion, I think it is reasonable as long as you aren't you know, eating and drinking unworthily. I think it is reasonable to say it is a command for us to take communion when we are in a body of believers that we are agree- in agreement with. Mm-hmm. If we are in agreement with this body of believers, which they were because they were missionaries yeah. with this church, and and um, and they were they were saying they were taking communion. I think it is a reasonable thing to say that we are commanded to take communion because yeah. it says um, after the same. Uh, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This this communion is symbolic is yeah. is symbolic it of is. the gospel. It Correct. is symbolic of the light of the death 
and Correct. burial resurrection of Christ and his blood that made the atonement for us. Correct. I think that I think that it is because he verse twenty six, for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Yeah. I think that if you're gonna be in a church that you are connected with, they were very closely connected with this mm-hmm. church. They were in agreement doctrinally with this church. Mm-hmm. The only reason they didn't take really take communion was because of the alcohol. And really, it's not an amount you're gonna get drunk off of. You just sip and pass. I think that's the other thing. Even that even that teacher that's a teetotalist, I think he agreed that that was wrong. That they should have either abstained completely from right. communion. Or they should have taken it for real, and, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get in. So I'm. It, I'm not saying you should yeah. seek out a church that serves alcohol. I'm saying well, you should. Yeah, and I'm not saying that either. For me, if I was in that situation, mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't have been deceptive, mm-hmm. but I would have passed it. I would not have taken it, even mm-hmm. if I was right with God at the like, even if, like, there was nothing keeping me from doing communion, mm-hmm. I still wouldn't have taken it personally, because even though it's a sip, whatever as a sip of, mm-hmm. I I don't, I I just don't care for alcohol of any kind. I don't want it in my system. Don't I'm want saying, it to touch I'm not my saying lips. It's good to take it. So I'm I, that I would communion is I, I would think communion it. would be an exception. Yeah. To a normal teetotalist well, argument, I think communion would be the exception in this case. It would be the exception, but I still wouldn't do it. Okay. That's just my that's just my personal opinion. I still wouldn't do it. Especially if I went to this church consistently and had that every month, I, I, I just, I couldn't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to. You got any thoughts, Nate? Well, communion is supposed, like we are obviously clearly commanded. Mm-hmm. Even from the Last Supper. Jesus said, I can't remember what the passage says. I'm, I'm looking it up from the actual, I'm looking it up from Matthew. Okay. Uh, it's Matthew 26, 20, uh, it's on Matthew 26. Um, okay. Uh, 26, 26, and they were eating. Jesus took the bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink, uh, drink ye of it, for this is my body, uh, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the, shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it, new with you in my Father's kingdom. When he had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Um, well, yeah, and, then it shares, right and then it shares how he was betrayed. <clears throat> so even right there, Christ commands us to take it. To take communion. Mm-hmm. And I get where you're coming from, Caleb, with, you know, sometimes alcohol can be a big temptation. It can be for people. And um, I would say I'm not one to find solutions, but in that moment, I would, like if you were going to a church, then I probably wouldn't go to that church, period. If 
you didn't agree with that. Or so so I want maybe with this European situation, I do want to clarify. It's like the only gospel preaching church in the area, and every every other aspect of their doctrine lines up. The problem the problem is for us is as American Baptists, we are so involved in the temperance movement. C.S. Lewis even commented on it. Uh, the temperance movement, temperance movement within the churches, such a, uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it, it was, it was along the idea of it's a dumb idea because it's it's not biblical, really at all. I mean, Jesus, they took the fruit of the vine, the wine, and other passages, and drank the wine. No, I'm not. I'm not saying fruit of the vine, the grape juice is wrong. I'm just saying that the idea that drinking wine as communion I think that that has a thing with it and I'm I'm not I'm not justifying this church's choice I'm not saying yay or nay to it it is a baptist church it's in Europe they're not going to have the same reservation to alcohol that we're going to have and so any church in Europe that serves communion is going to serve it with alcohol you, you probably won't find a church in Europe that will serve it with grape juice mm -hmm. but what I'm saying You know, it's very clearly commanded. And if you were in that situation, that was the only gospel preaching church, then I would I would do it because we are commanded. And it's not like it's not just <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> it's not just Paul commanding us, it's Jesus himself commanding us at the Last Supper. So, but I still once again see where people are coming from with with what you're saying. I do, I do see that. And I'm sure, I'm sure that if you at that point felt there was a problem, felt there was a problem, you can approach the pastor about that. You can approach whoever, well, it would be the pastor. Mm -hmm. You would approach the pastor and say, just bring it to them. Mm -hmm. bring, bring the problem or whatever the issue might be. And if the solution would be to have you do something else or tell you to suck it up, who knows what it'll be. Yeah. But you know, it, I, I understand it's a commandment, and I'm not saying anything against them. I'm not saying anything against the church. I'm trying to put it into a perspective of looking out for brothers and sisters in Christ, especially newly brothers and sisters in Christ, ones who could be reformed alcoholics. For example, that's the, that's the biggest concern that I have with that is they're working on their sobriety and they're working on trying to stay away and they're working on becoming a new believer and going and if they're going to a church where communion has alcohol and they're trying to stay away from that it could be a downfall on their 
spiritual in their spiritual walk, trying to stay away from that stuff. It could be, I've talked with many alcoholics, and just a sip can send them right back down that path. And so that, that's, that was my mindset just now. Me personally, I think I would, in the moment, take it because it is a commandment, but I was trying to bring it to the realization of we got to be careful there are in different things, and we can go to the pastor and explain that, and to try and help our brothers and sisters in Christ. And as Jonathan was saying, this was a European church. Yes. This is different, I, this is different conscience, things like what you're saying. Yeah. But alcoholism is not a problem in most European countries because it, they are exposed it and they be. are trained. But I'm right. I'm not saying from an American perspective. I'm saying if I'm this church say, was I know. But but there are also believers in other countries who not are adapting American mindsets, but they are trying to stay away from alcohol. They're trying to stay sober. And so it was just a con it's not that's just that's not just a American thing. I'm not saying that is just American thing. I'm just saying the rate of alcoholism is much lower in a lot of European countries because they're exposed to it at a younger age. There's a lot of statistics that surround that. There's also other things to be think of yeah. is this is an act that we're commanded to by scripture if they find themselves in this church. It's not. It's not like you're handing them a beer can and saying one sip. You're handing them a cup that they're going to pass and saying one sip. It's not like they're just going to down the whole thing. They're passing it. And I could understand if they, you, if you were to give them a wine bottle and say take a sip and pass it, that's a little bit different. But when it's a cup and you're passing, it, and I, I understand what you're saying. I understand why we need to have reservations about this. I'm not disagreeing with you completely. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I am from. A certain standpoint disagreeing with you because I think that although the reasonings make sense in any situation that this scenario is found in I don't think it has a lot I don't think it has a lot of backing in the scenarios that these this situation would be found in okay you know what this sounds like what a topic for another time yep. it does kind of sound like a topic you know, for another time that was something we were talking about possibly doing a episode on Christianity so I think this would be a perfect way to segue back into communion <laughs> to wrap up yep. the two ordinances. <laughs> so with Easter coming up, Matthew 26 might be the place you want to find yourself for a little bit, um, which is the Last Supper, Matthew 27, um, which they... Can you, um, Pius Pilate, the governor, and um, it goes it goes through the death. Well, twenty six goes also through the betrayal and the arrest. Uh, Peter's denial. Twenty seven goes through um, Jesus appearing before Pilate, and then his death on the cross towards the end of twenty seven, um, and then twenty eight is him rising again, which is Easter. And, um, you know, where we find... I know you just gave a brief summary of it, but maybe we should think about making an episode for Easter. 
we, since it's coming up. We probably will if it interrupts our flow. That's all right. It interrupts our flow. So Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Men of God Podcast is brought to you by the Men of God Project, serving God by the study of his word.